It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, November 13th. LA Galaxy make roster decisions last week. We wanted to talk about them, get you uh, sort of up to date on what the roster looks like, and maybe some of the behind the scenes stuff that nobody else has. As a matter of fact, I know there's reporting that nobody else has, and we're going to share that with you tonight on all the roster stuff. Maybe we'll talk a little playoffs in there as well. Maybe other things will fall into our lap as well. It's the off season. You never know where the show will end up. In order to help me do all of that, we're very glad to have him back. It's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Hey, I know where the roster is. Yeah? It's, it's incomplete. It's incomplete. It's only it's only nine pieces though from being incomplete. Does it is I mean not to jump directly into it because I would like to say hi, how are you doing? But nine pieces is probably, I think, less than a lot what a lot of people were thinking, Kevin. That was just and less just Yeah, me. and less than what they've done the last two years. Yeah, I mean and, and there were seventeen possible we can we can talk about. How how are you doing, by the way? I just got back from San Diego where I was down there for the NWSL championship game and got to see Megan Rapino's last game for the third time. Yeah, for the, the third last game? Yeah, I saw her last national team. Well, the last competitive national team game was at the World Cup. That's the one where she missed the penalty kick and they lost to Sweden. Then there was the game in Chicago, which was her last national team game, but it was a friendly, so it wasn't a competitive game. Right. So the competitive game, the friendly. And then... Um, on Saturday was her last club game for OL Reign. Playing, she's won everything there is to win in soccer. She was playing for her first NWSL championship. She played her whole career with the Reign, never won a championship. She comes out of the game in the third minute, and we talked afterwards. You know, you think about her great career with the national team, where right. she was Player of the Year, won Ballon d'Or, um, all the things that she accomplished. Uh, and her last competitive game for the national team, she misses the penalty kick in a shootout, and they wind up losing to Sweden. Not, I mean. Players miss penalty kicks, but that's her last game in this unparalleled career. And, you know, as Jurgen Klinsmann would say, it was a real bummer. <laughs> oh, are you going to take phone calls now? Do we have, we have breaking news and everything else in between? Greg, Greg Vanning, let me take this. <laughs> yeah. no. and, and so then, then she's playing for the Reign in the championship game. Uh, finally gets to the final in her last game for the Reign. And... Um, she gets hurt in the third minute, and yeah, it was a non-contact injury. She, when she went down to the ground, she pulled her jersey up over her face because she was clearly crying. And when Rose Lavelle came over, you could see that she mouthed her, I, I just blew out my Achilles. She looked behind her to see who kicked her, right. and there was nobody there, and that's when she knew it was bad. The one thing, though, afterwards, if, if, if the, the two people who read my story, 
noticed that um, one of the things I, I noticed about uh, Megan, both in Australia and the World Cup and this one, is the emotion of the moment, the pain of not being able to to accomplish what she wanted to accomplish, maybe the realization that she's a little older than she'd been, right. um, really took a toll. And she laughed and joked and smiled but she was, especially in Australia, she was crying at the same time. It was very weird. Yeah. It was like, I can't let anyone see that I'm hurt. So I'm going to try to laugh this off. But it hurts too much to really accomplish that. That was a, a woman who really needed a hug. It, I, I would say this, and I, I think this goes for the sports. And so often we see, very rarely, Kevin, do you get players who get their send-off game, right? Like very rarely in, the, in, in if you look at the overall percentage of players in Major League Soccer, in NWSL, in professional soccer, in professional sports as it is, to be able to play long enough to be able to say, I'm going to stop on my own accord very rarely happens. Like it's, it's a very small percentage, especially if you are a good enough and great enough player, which is hard to do on its own to, to sort of be afforded the ability to send yourself off. Most guys get cut off a roster. Most, most, you know, most women, their careers end up at the, at the end of an injury or men at the end of an injury, you very rarely get to pick how you want to go out. And I'm sure that Megan it just joins a long list of people who sort of have that same yeah. sort I mean, of way. You think of Willie Mays playing with his last season with the Mets or Ted Williams homering in his last at bat. Right. But the, the, the position that like Willie Mays put the Mets in, that's another position you don't want to be in. You're an iconic figure. No general manager worth his salt is going to cut you. Right. But it's clear to everyone around that you don't belong on the team. That's a tough situation for everybody. Well, and and sort of, I think that sort of goes into the roster decisions of some of the stuff that that we had as well. I hope everybody's doing well. By the way, this is a um, this is one of those shows where uh, you know if we go twenty five minutes, that's cool, and if we go an hour, then then we accidentally went an well, hour, right? It's one of those. Y- you just gave me a segue to something yeah. though. You said everyone's doing well. Do you mean everyone on the team or? Uh, I, no, I, I was sort of just our listeners in general. We haven't. Okay. I didn't get to talk to them. This is I've only been doing one podcast a week because I enjoy Thursdays off in the off season a little bit. It's nice to have a little bit of a break and uh, very busy out at the train club and all the fun stuff. And I went to a concert last night. So if you were at the Kia Forum last night seeing the Rose, uh, I was also there as well. Uh, my wife took me and she said that I would like it. And I did. I enjoyed it uh, up to a certain point. And uh, it's it's not 100% my music, but it was it was fun. It was a South Korean, like sort of pop pop punk band more than it's not like k-pop i don't want to i don't want to go there this isn't bts territory this is this is definitely its own separate thing so i was there at the kia forum i agree by the way sold out the kia forum i i kevin that's that's a big deal you could probably just say korean because you only need south korean we know it's not a north korean team by the way when did you become such a culture vulture you I Taylor just Swift and now I uh, my wife Korean music my wife is sister I, I I am very much a a one band co- kind of guy but I in order to get outside of that little bubble that I live in I enjoy everything uh, country uh, rap R and B jazz you name it I can sort of go to anything so my wife is hysterical she knows this about me she knows I will go see any like any any musical theater any play any music act like any of that stuff i'm in, i'm down but she's like will you go to this concert with me like i was gonna say no and i'm like sure i don't whatever sounds great sounds like fun so we had a great time i, I enjoyed it so I, I saw a concert at the forum once i went to see paul mccartney and wings did you know paul mccartney was in a band before wings i i didn't i didn't know any of that and the last time i was in the kia forum by the way uh, this was a good. This was a good one. I told my dad this this morning. I go, I guess where I was last night. And I go, I was at the forum, and he goes, 
wow. He goes, I heard that's a really nice concert venue. I go, yeah. Do you remember the last time I was in the forum? And he goes, was it for a Kings hockey game when you were about eight? And I goes, yeah, that was about it. That was it. That was the one. They played the Calgary Flames, by the way. Uh, I think and they it was lost. the Toyota Forum probably uh, back it, then. It, who knows? I have no idea. But they lost two Some to one, if, if I remember correctly. So uh, way back in the day. All right. Let's get to the LA Galaxy and roster decisions. Uh, I got a little phone call. Uh, I was told that the roster decisions were coming down. And so we tried to pay attention and do all the fun stuff. Now, in the previous uh, episode, Kevin, you and I had discussed uh, all the people who had options and people who were leaving. And we are already known about Javier Hernandez was gone. And we already knew Douglas Costa was gone. Um, and then it was sort of who else is going to go? We know we had contracts ending. We knew that we had, um, you know, a whole bunch of different things. So we were then waiting for the L.A. Galaxy to sort of come through. And as they do, and as a team that was eliminated for, uh, before the playoffs, um, they were one of the one of the first teams. They weren't the first team, um, but they were one of the first teams to announce their roster decisions. So. Uh, as we go through all the fun stuff, here was the press release. Players already under contract for the 2024 season include, now pay attention, there's a surprise in here, uh, include goalkeeper Jonathan Bond, defenders Julian Aude, Marti Martin Caceres, uh, Mauricio Cuevas, Raheem Edwards, Marcus Vercranis, Chris Mavinga, Jalen Neal, Maya Yoshida, and Eric Zavalita. Uh, midfielders Gaston Brugman, Edwin Cerillo, Mark Delgado, Diego Fagundes, Jonathan Perez, and Ricky Puj, and forward Dayan Jovalich. Those were the ones that remain under contract, which is funny because two of those dudes signed new contracts, and we'll tell you who they are. Um, yeah, I know the surprise, by the way. Yeah, that, that was the surprise. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it was in there. Uh, the Galaxy have exercised the contract options on the following players. Goal goalkeeper Novak Michovic. Hmm, interesting. Midfielder Daniel Aguirre and Gino Vivi and forward Preston Judd. Uh, the club has extended a bona fide offer to midfielder Tyler Boyd. We'll tell you what that means as well. LA declined the 2024 contract options on goalkeeper Jonathan Klinsman, defenders Tony Alfaro, Caligari, and Kelvin Leardam, midfielder Uri Rossell, and forward Billy Sharp. And then they talk about the ones who were out of contract, which included Javier Hernandez, Douglas Costa, um, and they also uh, uh, parted ways with Adam Saldana and Michael Berrios. Uh, they were out of contract players. Uh, so the LA Galaxy then had a contract or a, a, a roster of 21 total players, Kevin. So that was uh, sort of where we where we sit with those, right? All right. Um, do we uh, so so whenever you read off that stuff, whenever you talk about that, Kevin, is there something that sort of pops up to you and says, oh, those are surprises? Yeah, well, we didn't know about uh, Casseros coming back and, and thought with his age and the injury, I think we had talked on the show about with his age and with his injury and, and the fact that the World Cup is three years away. I understood why he came to the Galaxy last year. Right. He wanted to get ready for the World Cup. He's played for Uruguay in four World Cups now, and he de definitely wanted to be in Qatar and wanted to be ready, and that made sense. Well, the World Cup is, is pretty far off, and I think he'll be 41 then. There's, it's very unlikely that he's playing for a World Cup. Perhaps, it, you know, but he signed the contract before the injury. One of the thoughts was, well, maybe uh, he's coming back because yeah, but he we doesn't want but we to go out that but way. But we didn't know that, right? Let's we be didn't know very that. no, clear. That's what I'm saying. The, the speculation before was, well, maybe he might come back, just he doesn't want to go out that way. He got a new contract before the injury, so that doesn't affect it. I'm and, little, and, and who reported that? You, well, you did. Yeah, there you go. I love, I love how you always take my stuff that I did. And then it's you say stuff. it. No, see, it's, it's not stuff. because I know you have something on somebody and I'm not going to tell everybody about Billy Sharp, but you're going to tell everybody <laughs> about Billy Sharp. I could right now because I know it. You told it to me, 
right? Okay. So yes, you, you reported the, the the cancerous thing, but the other part of that mm-hmm. that you also talked about. I don't know if you talked about this in the reporting, but you talked about it with me is so the galaxy knew that he was under contract. And by the way, this did happen while Chris Klein was still president. That's that, how far back it goes. Yeah, and, so and before the, and before Will Koontz as well, right? And I mean, before Will Koontz. So it was it was the Jovan Klein. Uh, um, era when when this happened, and but, and, but here's what, and Vanny say Vanny too because Vanny gets to own yes. this as well, right? But but so his salary is about almost a million nine hundred thousand, right? Something right. like that. Um, so they resign him, and and you, you have to assume the contract since they they signed him when he was playing well at the beginning of the year. Certainly, they didn't ask him to take a pay cut, so the contract's going to be about that, if not a little bit more. You know, maybe yeah. cost so, so, whatever. So Kosaris comes in at about five fifty eight. Yoshida comes in at about nine hundred, right? So those those are the uh, those are the the numbers uh, for Cosserus uh, at least that we had, um, and those were supposedly updated with his new contract. But we didn't know we had a new contract, so it seemed very clear to me, Kevin, that the Galaxy already had the Cosserus replacement, right? That, that's why it's interesting that they brought Yoshida in and paid him what they paid him because he's clearly he makes he makes Cosserus redundant. I mean, Jalen Neal is going to be the other center back. That's the guy you got to build for for the future. Um, so you only got one other center back position. Now you've got two international, you know, former national team captains signed of pretty decent contracts for center back. Why do you go and, and give Yoshida that much money if you already know Castro's is under contract? Yes, you needed somebody at that point. I get it. But it doesn't seem like they were doing a, a very good job of planning for the next year. And one of the questions I ask a Galaxy front office person today is, will Castro's be here for the whole season? Will you guys try to buy him out? Will you try to move him along? Um, will he be here all season? And and they said their expectation is yes, he will play the entire season. Can I say I don't believe that? Can I say that? Yeah, I, I you think. Can say that. I mean, I I think I'm going to be wrong. By the way, um, but can I say that I don't believe that? And the reason that I don't believe it is that with the amount of money that they're tying up, and and quite honestly, you know, until you sort of see what the what the salary cap looks like, because right now on paper, the L.A. Galaxy's salary, Kevin, their guaranteed salary is under ten million dollars. Right. Because they only have twenty one players and they have nine spots that are open. Right. And so far, they've shed fifteen million dollars. Right. A lot of that is Chicharito and Douglas Costa. Right. Um, so there's there was a lot of top heavy. There's nine, you know, um, eleven million dollars in, in shedding of the uh, of of the contracts uh, at the very top. So that's where you're getting a lot of that money. But I still think that when you look at Yoshida at, you know, almost 900 and you look at Kosaris at, you know, five, five fifty six or so or around there. Right. When you look at these things, um, then then to me, I seem to believe that they're spending too much money on a position that I don't know whether or not they can fill. Um, like between the two players, it feels like you would want to spread that money out. You have almost, you know, $1.4 million that you're able to spread out and do something with. You would think that that would be worthy of something instead of having two older center backs because, well, well, here's two things to that. First of all, they're not going to bring in a DP center back. We know that. We know that. That's correct. The center center back pool is what they have. Um, and you know, that that Jalen Neal if healthy is going to be one of those guys. And so you, you have as you said, the two veterans making a lot of money competing for the other spot. My question was, will Casaros be back? Will he be with the team all season? And the answer was, you know, he's expected to be. I didn't ask about Yoshida, and you bring up a good point. Yoshida's salary is almost double what Martina is going to make. I wonder if Yoshida is the guy out. And the other part of that is, so we found out this year, you can't have too many center backs. Right. I mean, they were really hurting at the end of the season. So 
is that an overreaction? Do you say, oh, oh my God, we're going to sign every center back with a pulse now and pay them whatever they want to get here because we got hurt at that position but, last year? But that you can like have too many. The, the Galaxy bordered on having too many center backs this year, which is crazy because people are going to go, oh, well, they got hurt so many times. Yes, but you shouldn't be five or six deep in center back. That's not where you should be trying to put all of your, you know, you know, Kevin, like realistically, your third string guy should play every once in a while. But your fourth string guy who's the center back probably doesn't play at all. Um, maybe the rosters change. Maybe roster construction changes whenever you look at just the amount of games and, and whether or not MLS is going to expand the roster and whether or not. By the way, I was sort of asking around. I'm saying, well, when is MLS going to let everybody know, you know, that that there's going to be these changes, right? Because we're all expecting some sort of changes. We're expecting maybe a fourth designated player, maybe some U22 spots sort of open themselves up without being tied to other things on the roster, right? Like those types that we're expecting, maybe a salary cap increase, right? There's these things that are coming. And I got laughed at whenever I asked. They're like, MLS, they did, they barely even let us know that, that they, our player pool doubled for scouting because they can now scout under freshman Kevin. Right. Because this was part of the combine and part of the MLS super draft is that now you can you can sophomores and, and freshmen are eligible to be scouted and brought into the draft um, in college. Well, if you're out there scouting for college and trying to figure out maybe a couple guys are going to pick up the whole deal. Wouldn't you want to scout everybody? Instead, you just realize that your player pool increased by like, you know, 50 percent, probably not that much because, um, you know, there's there's usually less freshmen and sophomores on the upper levels of uh, of soccer teams but that doesn't mean that there aren't some and that you would like and that you would need to to scout so uh, mls is not going to be just sort of like hey guys just to let you know i'm going to give you guys some heads up there's going to be a fourth dp when mls decides to do something it's going to be swift quick and everybody's going to be behind um well, they have to do something i mean we found out with leagues cup and u.s open all the tournaments you know teams playing 50 games this season that the roster is just not constructed for that now the the question is the fourth dp i don't know that sounds like a really good idea and it will help them compete with some of the mexican clubs i i think probably maybe they'd go another route with u22 players or or even more tam money in the middle of the roster because that that's the problem what what, what coaches tell me is like look at the top of the roster we're even with the mexican teams it's the problem is we have to play the same core of eight nine guys every game because those are our best guys, and there's a huge drop-off from the ninth and 10th guy to the guys on the bench. Right. And so it, it, we need to play those guys. The Mexican teams, they bring much better players off the bench. Their rosters are deeper. So if that if that's your belief, then I think you you target the middle of the roster with TAM money. Um, I, I'm a little worried that this the whole thing with the Super Draft, which has never really produced a lot of players for a lot of teams, is that is that going to be what MLS is going to say? Look, we no. allowed you to, <laughs> to strengthen your roster by signing a lot of kids who aren't going to play. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, it is, I don't think they're going to do that, right? That's why I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't be like, they're going to be like, oh, we'll just go get them from college. I do think they're going to do something. I would love to see a roster expand, expand up to 35, Kevin. Um, it doesn't mean you have to change a lot of things in terms of what your salary cap is just by expanding 35, because if you know anything about the salary cap, you know that it's only the top, I think 20 spots are under the salary cap, right? And everything above that, the last 10 spots are actually off cap. They're off budget. And so if you expanded another five that were off budget, right up to a certain point and there would be restrictions and I'm sure they smarter people than me will figure that out, right? There's a ways, there's ways to sort of work that into different things where you're like, now there's five more players 
players, which means, Kevin, maybe you can have four or five center backs, right? Maybe you can have an extra midfielder. Maybe you can do these things and then rotate them into that that 20 man roster whenever you need to. Right. So those are the types of things that I would like to see as as increases. But for the L.A. Galaxy right now, under current MLS rules, I feel like there's a lot of salary suck at center back between Caceres and Yoshida. And for the most part, and this is an assumption on my part, because I don't think we saw the best of Yoshida, um, but we have seen some really good stuff from Caceres. And for the most part, I think you have guys who are very similar to each other. Um, and so I don't know that you're getting a whole much of bang for your buck. One of those guys isn't going to be playing, right? And maybe that's your rotation, Kevin. Maybe you rotate Yoshida and Caceres, uh, because in my mind, Jalen Neal has that second center back spot pared down. So it's going to be <laughs> Neal and Caceres or Neal and Yoshida uh, for the most part. Maybe they go three in the back. Maybe Vanny switches it all up, right? So speaking of Neal, what have you heard about his condition? How is he doing? I haven't. I mean, I don't think we're going to hear. You see him. He's been in advertisements, and I, I certainly think he's he's around and walking and doing all the stuff that he's supposed to be doing. I I, I fully anticipate him being ready to play at the beginning of the season. That's, well, I, 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 asked, I, I asked because I saw him the final week of the season. He was on the training pitch. He left a little bit early, but he, he was, you know, he was, uh, we didn't get to see that training session. We had to, you know, stay outside the gates. But when he came through the gates, he was sweaty. He had uh, clearly participated in the training session, was walking fine, said he was okay. But I asked because the, the U.S. Olympic team called up a 20-man roster for some friendlies in Spain, a training camp and some friendlies, and Jalen Neal was not on it. Yeah, More he's less not going a year to be. Out. I don't think he's going – I don't think one is he hasn't played. So what are you going to bring him back for right now? It's you like, get a look hey, at him. We're no, nine months away from the Olympics. No, 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 no. Let that dude go through his normal preseason and all the fun stuff that you're going to do this season to get him back into playing form. Let him get into his playing form, and then you can call him up and do whatever you want to do. He's, he's going to be okay. And if he's not okay, right, you're looking at other people. Right. So for me, no, you don't want to just bring somebody who's in, who's coming off of uh, injury back into like a full on Olympic training camp. I wouldn't do that. Right. Now, there's no way in H.E. double hockey sticks that's happening for me. I want to see him progress through his preseason, give him the most stable training environment that he can have. Right. All the way through and then let him progress into the season. So that way, then now you have the ability. If Jalen Neal is playing to the ability that he's going to be playing at, there's almost zero chance he gets left off that roster, right? So you can always bring in Jalen Neal whenever you want. You don't have to bring him well, into I, a I, training camp right now. I do think the coaches and the teammates need to get to know a little bit because there's guys coming in and out that he may not, like Chris Richards is in this camp, guys he may or may not have played with. You know, there's some talk that he might even be up uh you know, to wear the armband for that team. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think he needs to get in and gets a little and get a little bit accustomed. Now he's played with some of those guys before, and 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 certainly the federation knows what he is, who he is, and what he can do. He was with the the senior national team for a little while last year. Uh, um, I just like to see him sort of get in that in that mix so that he is comfortable when he does if if and when he does go to France. I, I think I think he'll be. I'm not worried about Jalen Neal. Jalen Neal needs that nice slow ramp up into the preseason, right? That's what he needs right now in as terms like nothing nothing too strenuous nothing no overexertion remember one of the one of the issues was with this particular injury it's just it's a repetition and it's a use injury so the more you use it the more it, it would be inflamed and it got hurt right so all of those things so now it's about giving his body time to rest and then slowly progressing him back in i imagine they have a pretty good plan for him so i'm, I'm less concerned about that 
Um, but for me, I think Jalen Neal is the starter for the LA Galaxy whenever it comes to opening day and whether or not Kosaris will be back for opening day. I mean, we don't have much of a timeline, mostly because I think everybody sort of wrote it off whenever uh, whenever he went down being his contract was up. But now that he has a new contract uh, and that contract now extends through the end of this year, I believe. So uh, another year for Kosaris on there. So Kosaris, Yoshida, Neil, um, those are the guys that are sort of back there right now for you uh, at, at, at center back. So um, we'll wait for Kevin to reconnect here in a second and then we'll uh, we'll continue on. But no, I wanted to get to some some of the other things as well, which is um, just looking at the guys who got left off. We talked about Caligari. Now, Caligari is one of those where I think a lot of people are sitting there going, Oh man, they should have brought back Caligari. Caligari is one of those guys who is quite easily one of the most talented people the LA Galaxy had on, in the defender's position um, this year. And and for me, Kevin Caligari is the kind of guy who who was probably the I think the toughest decision. There's probably two guys on here that were really tough decisions: Caligari and Billy Sharp. Right? For me, those are the two that you sort of sit there. Now, Caligari and I asked around and I talked to some people about this is. What are you going to do? You probably can't exercise the buy option on him because it was expensive. And Kevin, you don't know whether or not you're going to get a guy who comes back uh, from injury, from a season ending injury. He's probably going to miss 50% of the season next year. So can you waste a U22 spot on somebody like Caligari for 50% of the season to start with? That was, I think, the equation they were going to. One is the money to buy him. Two was the uh, the U22 spot and whether or not you could use that better or more beneficial because, again, Caligari is probably going to miss 50% of the season with his injury. So between those things for me, Kevin, and I think the Michovic decision as well, looking at a, uh, a goalkeeper situation, whether or not they were going to go after the buy option on that, uh, which I can tell you and for my own reporting and for the breaking news on that is that the Galaxy did exercise the buy option on Michovic, which is supposedly a million dollars. OK, so they spend a million dollars on Michovic. They jettisoned jettisoned um, uh, Klinsman, right? Yeah, Jonathan Klinsman right. is is gone. So now Michovic becomes the number two behind Bond. Uh, they will probably get not it necessarily. Not necessarily. It, it will be to start. He's He could very well win it. I like him. He could win it. And by the end of this year, Michovic could be the end of 2024. Michovic could be the starter. I don't think he's the starter on opening well, day. You said his option was a million dollars, right? That's what we believe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any few MLS teams are going to pay a million dollars for a backup goalkeeper. Yeah, I think that I think the Galaxy paid for a young goalkeeper who they're going to plan on developing. That doesn't mean that he's going to be ready for this year. Um, they really like him. I can, they're high on him. Clearly they bought him for a million dollars, right? So they're able to go out and get him and, and bring him in and he's going to be there and he's going to get a chance. And if Jonathan Bond screws up, Mitrovic is right there waiting. Right. So I personally think Mitrovic ha has better distribution. Uh, his shot saving could be really good. You, we've sort of seen some of these goalkeepers uh, in Major League Soccer where you go over and you get them from from uh, from Europe or from other places and they can come in and really play. Mitrovic could be one of those guys. It could be one of those guys where the Galaxy say this is one of those people we cash our cash our chips in on. Right. Where well, he will play for a couple of years and then you sell them and you make a whole bunch of money. And, you know, Jonathan Bond is a veteran guy. He's been around the block a few times. And, and you're talking about a young guy. So, you know, Mitovic would certainly learn from Jonathan Bond. That's probably a good combination. And Kevin Hartman, of course, um, you know, you can't do any better than that as a coach. But you and I were talking about Billy Sharp. We've had a number of discussions this offseason, even before the season ended, about Billy Sharp and whether or not he would come back. One of the questions I had is, 
if you remember when Steven Gerrard was here, he talked about how much he loved being here and all that. And we found out when he left that he actually hated it and he had never been out of Liverpool before and, and missed his family and all, you know, or missed home and all these things. And so I wondered whether that was true of Billy Sharp. Yes, he said all the right things, but he played his whole life there. He's 37, uh, played his whole life in England and, and is used to that. It turns out that that's not a problem, as you said, that he really did like it here. He was sincere yeah. about that and he wanted to come back. Um, the problem is, which you also identified, is that they, the Galaxy have two DPs, maybe three if they go up, but right. they have some DP and they have some money to spend, and we know they're going to spend it on a striker. One of those DP spots is going to be a striker. So if you bring in a striker and then you have Jovalic and Sharp, who is redundant to Jovalic, the guy off the bench, because Vanny's only going to play one striker at a time. That's why everybody, so everybody really, really wants him to play two strikers at the same time. It's like, have I just watch. Just go back. He doesn't like to, and this he thinks you give up too much on defense, so he's not going to do it, right? So it's single strike. He already has a midfielder who's not playing defense in Ricky Pooch. So That's correct. He, so it, the idea is you only need really one striker on the bench. Yes, you, you got some other guys that can fill in behind there, but one guy off the bench, Jovalich is that guy. They're not going to bring in Billy Sharp to be uh, to be um, redundant to to uh, Yovlet. So I actually talked to someone in the front office because you and I were sort of having this discussion, and he said the, the the report I got was Sharp was a combo budget age situation. He's going to be 38, and the, he at that age and and with what he's accomplished, you can't bring him back for minimum wage, even if he wants to come. You can't do that. You got to pay him a little bit out of respect and pay him a little bit of money. So there was a combination of a 38 year old guy, and we got to pay him money to come in and maybe not play all that much. Um, the Galaxy said they really thought that, that Billy Sharp enjoyed, they thought it was sincere, he enjoyed his time here. He would have loved to come back. The Galaxy would have loved to bring him back. But given the current roster situation, the idea that they're going to go out and, and spend on a DP to play that spot, and Jovalich is sort of the heir apparent, uh, he's under contract, that they couldn't spend more money to bring Sharp back too. So that that's what happened. It was kind of a numbers game, numbers being the money and the age. Yeah, and and by the way, I, I think that there's certainly some criticism here overall in, in Major League Soccer, right? The fact that you ha would have to move on from somebody like Caceres because you know you could because he got injured, or the fact that you would have to move on from somebody I Caligari is clearly a product of or a victim of Major League Soccer's salary rules, right? Kevin, anywhere else in the world you go ahead and buy Caligari because you saw what he was. You saw how amazing he was. You know that in the future, he's going to be great, right? And so you can get him. You can let him rehab with you. You're going to take care of him. You're going to get him all set. And midway through the next season, midway through this season, he's going to come on and he's going to help you do everything through the end of the year, right? You know that stuff is already there. Easy peasy, easy to deal with, right? So you can gamble on that, except if you're Major League Soccer. Because of his contract especially the u22 contract it's a very valuable spot unlimited acquisition fees right then then a a salary limit above a certain or below a certain limit basically allows you a u22 player the unlimited acquisition fee means that the u22 spot is coveted is needed caligari op, uh, uh uh, takes one of those spots, right? He occupies one of those spots, those U22 spots. Now you now you have to get production out of that spot. Well, you can't cut your production in half and spend, I think, what was it, like 2 to $3 million was apparently the buyout for, for Caligari and spend that money and then go ahead and try to bring him back. He's a victim of Major League Soccer because anywhere else in the world, any other league in the world, 
you buy him, you rehab him, he comes back and he plays for you. But Major League Soccer penalizes you for that because they make you find value in every single spot, which is something the Galaxy have suffered with greatly, right? So you see that in the U22 spot with Caligari. You see it with Billy Sharp because if there was maybe a little more lenient and flexible salary cap rules, maybe you would let Billy Sharp come in and sort of third wheel it with Jovan and whoever this, you know, DP, young DP, U22 spot striker. I'm told Galaxy are probably looking for two wingers, two uh, two wingers, a striker, and probably an additional midfielder. They have two DP spots. They have one U2, U22 spot. If the rules don't change, one of the DP spots has to be a young designated player for the Galaxy to have three U22s. Um, so you know that that... So there's going to be a lot of horse trading here in terms of well, do we take this guy as a designated player? Do we take this guy as a young DP? Do we take the striker as a U22 player and then put the DPs as wingers? Who's going to best pair up with uh, with uh, Ricky Puj? Will Ricky Puj ever learn to play defense? Like there's all these questions that are sort of going to come through and you're going to mix and match and try to find the best combination that adds up to the spaces that you have available. That well, You know, what would be great in the Caligari situation would really fit is is if MLS had a mechanism like some other leagues do where you take a guy in a salary and you put him on some sort of injured list. Now, he can't play, um, but his salary – and you have to pay him, obviously, but his salary doesn't count against your cap. Right. I mean, that's, you that, make a decision when you that is off. the season-ending injury list, but it's more of a in-place list than it is like a we can stash him over here and keep him here for a while type of thing, you know? Um, so it doesn't work in the same way that you're talking about, which again is, is a correct thing. Maybe there is some sort of like rehab list or something like that where you're able to keep guys. It's interesting that you say they're looking for two wingers because we know that, that obviously Ricky Pooja is going to be in the middle. So it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, him in the center and two wingers. And, um, and probably Brugman's, Brugman's in there, right? Like you can start adding yeah. the pieces together, Kevin, and right. sort of well, figure so, it out, right? So Fagundes is coming back, and I think Tyler Boyd, certainly he's, he's got a... Uh, Can we talk about that? Him an offer. We haven't talked about it yet, but you're talking about two wingers. I think they have two wingers. Nope, they're going to get... I guarantee you they're going after two wingers. This, I Trust me, they're going after two wingers. At least two wingers, all right? Yes, you're right, but get, I don't think Diego Fagundes is going to be a starter next year. I think he's going to be somebody that comes off the bench. It's a big salary to come off the bench, by the way. Almost $900,000 million dollars. Um, we don't know how much of that is being covered next year by Austin. It could be zero. It could be some, um, this year, some of that was covered by Austin. Um, so, uh, I think that Fagundes is going to have a, a really, I think he's going to be a good player next year for the LA galaxy, a asking him to move when he moved and just having the baby and everything. I know that mess with him, uh, but over a million dollars in salary for Fagundes and likely escalates over the over the course of next year because contracts usually escalate Kevin they don't they don't usually go down right so you're going to get that but I don't think Fagundes is a starter um so I think that what you're going to find is they're going to get a DP caliber winger uh for replacing Douglas Costa and that Fagundes will be able to come in off the bench now who's on the other side let's talk about Tyler Boyd lots of people are saying that they're disappointed that the LA Galaxy didn't re-sign Tyler Boyd well he's the only guy who played 34 games by the way that's all 34 all 34 games, games. yeah uh, the, the deal is that they did make him an offer and they call it a bona fide offer and basically means in MLS speak, a qualifying or reasonable offer for where he's at. And I don't know how they determine that, but it's basically, we're going to make you a reasonable offer. Now, Tyler Boyd is his first year in major league soccer, right? He has, he doesn't have any free agency time. 
So he's not a free agent. Everybody talks about Tyler Boyd being a free agent. He's a free agent for anybody outside of Major League Soccer. He's not a free agent inside of Major League Soccer. So the Galaxy extending a bona fide offer is part of the MLS budget and salary rules. And they said, we're making you a reasonable offer, Tyler Boyd. You can take it or you can leave it. And as of right now, that offer hasn't been accepted. And by the way, if I'm Tyler Boyd, I don't accept it yet either. It's not like, hey, give me your best offer. That's great. Now wait, let's see what else is out there. Now, what this means is, Kevin, that he can go to another MLS team, but that MLS team will then have to deal with the LA Galaxy on Tyler Boyd's rights. So the Galaxy, by making and extending the offer, have now set up a, a way for them to get paid if Tyler Boyd does leave the LA Galaxy. And I imagine yeah. there's going to be lots of people who are thinking about doing who who are, who are thinking about having him. And so that offer, whatever it is, let's say it's a thousand dollars, whatever. Right. They can't. They can't come back and say, "Okay, we'll give you two thousand. That's they, that's what they're limited to. No, they can. can I, they, they can still negotiate within that, but basically, because he's not a free agent, he, he he's can, not. He's not. He is a free agent outside the league, though. So if he was going right. to go somewhere outside the league, that's fine. He could go outside the league again. He had sort of a resurrection year in terms of, you know, hey, this guy can still play. He's a borderline as somebody as we were talking in the discord. He's kind of a borderline U.S. men's national team player, very borderline. But if he continues to sort of play, if he picks it up another level, if he got comfortable within MLS and really started banging in the goals and really looks at that, he's could be a U.S. men's national team player. He's played for he's played for them before. Um, right. He has. He has. Yeah, yeah he has. A, he has a couple caps. Right. So. um, I can't even remember because it feels like it was forever ago. Because I remember it went off, going off it to Turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever Turkey. So, so they now have. So now there's this negotiation that goes on. Now let's say like Orlando, right? Orlando comes up and says, "Hey, LA Galaxy, we want to give Tyler Boyd this much." And Tyler Boyd goes, "I want to take that offer." Then Orlando and the LA Galaxy and or uh, LA Galaxy go, "All right, Orlando, we want this," and then you get something, right? This is an interleague transaction now. Right. And so that's sort of the things that can happen. So the fact is the LA Galaxy did what they're supposed to do. And I think Tyler Boyd is doing what he's supposed to do. Let's wait. Let's let this play out. Now, ultimately, because somebody has to give the LA Galaxy something to get Tyler Boyd, it makes the Galaxy's numbers and their money, in my opinion, a little more valuable to Tyler Boyd because it's harder for everybody else to get him. Right. So there's probably less money left over. Like, let's say let's say the L.A. Galaxy and this is totally made up numbers. Let's say the L.A. Galaxy said, Tyler, we're going to pay you a million dollars a year. And Tyler goes, OK, I'll wait to see. And Orlando's like, hey, we'll pay you one point two million dollars. And everybody's and, and Tyler Boyd's like, well, I want to go there because they're going to pay me one point two million. And now the L.A. Galaxy go, cool. All you have to do is give us eight hundred thousand dollars in, in jam. And now all of a sudden that one point two million dollars is now a two million dollar deal, a two million dollar deal. And you're like, well, two million dollars, we could go do something else like, you know. So that's why I think the money becomes a little more valuable to the L.A. Galaxy because they already have his rights. He wants to be here. And I think right now that negotiation is him sort of balancing the I want to be here so don't take advantage of me and the LA Galaxy being like you want to be here so we'll want to take advantage of you a little bit right and it's about finding the comfort in that number I don't know I don't know how this ends Kevin this is not one of those where it's like oh I think he's going to stay I think it's up for grabs um, well, it, 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 I don't know how many options he has he has a lot of options in MLS I think you're right he proved himself to be a, a very good MLS player but I mean, he's not going to the Premier League. He's not going to the league. He's not going to the Bundesliga. If he goes to Europe, he's going to play in a second or third tier league. Right. I don't think he wants to do that. He's done the Australian, New Zealand thing. He's better than that, I think. Right. No disrespect, but he's better than that. And and the Turkey thing really didn't work out for him. 
So I think his choices are kind of limited. It, it feels, but I also think that there's plenty of people in Major League Soccer who would like to have him, right? Like, I, I think there's many teams. There's probably five, six, seven teams who would like to have Tyler Boyd. So then it just becomes a matter of them working out a deal with the LA Galaxy. And the LA Galaxy then can enrich themselves off of that if they don't get Tyler Boyd. So in this particular case, the Galaxy, in some ways, were smart giving Tyler Boyd on a one-year contract, although I believe that one-year contract was to the benefit of Boyd more than anybody else, right? Because he was sort of like, I'll play for one year, and I'll show you what I can do, and if I do good, then you got to pay me. And that's sort of where he's at right now. Um, but the Galaxy also cool. still own the rights and st or still have his rights and still all that stuff. So there's there's like ways that you can sort of, you know, look at this that are sort of that, that in my mind uh, make it sort of it's a 50 50 game right now. So for Tyler Boyd, but the bottom line is the LA Galaxy would like him back. And I think Tyler Boyd would like to be back. At least that's what he said to us. So that seems above board and, and, and real. Now, now with the DP spots, you, you know, you said they're looking for a winger midfielder. We know a striker. Um, there's all kinds of rumors, none of them good at this point. The, what kind of player do they look for? Do they need someone in the January transfer window who's going to come over? Would they sign a player that would play with his supposedly, you know, pr presumably a European team through May and then come over? Would they want to do that? Um, I mean, how does that, how, how do you see that working out? Greg Vanny is very sort of adamant, right? We heard him in the exit interviews. I want players here now. Um, that doesn't mean, and I think we've already talked about this, doesn't mean the Galilee Galaxy don't go out and wait for a designated player in the summer, right? Like you're going to go, remember, there's sort of three big spots the Galaxy have open. They have the two DP spots and then they have the U22. Um, so uh, with with those different uh, sort of slots and spots and everything that sort of are, are open, those are three big decisions they have to make. So I have a feeling one of those slots is going to get left for the summertime. Um, that means either the U22, the designated player, the young DP, I mean, that type of thing. The only way I don't see that happening is if MLS gives everybody four. If everybody gives, if you give four DP slots and the Galaxy now gets a shot for three, then I'd imagine you bring in two designated players in the winter transfer window. You bring in a U22 player in the winter transfer window. You get everybody there that you can, and then you save that four spot for the summer, and then you make a big splash in the summertime. Um, the influx of talent that would come to Major League Soccer is almost mind-boggling whenever you would think that there would be an additional designated player to almost every single team. Maybe maybe Colorado doesn't use it, right? But, I mean, almost everybody everybody else is going out and spending that immediately. immediately. And, and we're, con we're conditioned around the galaxy of talking about it. I, and I just made this error of talking about, oh, the European leagues play this time, and when can we get a European player? I, I don't. You know, yeah. I'm not convinced they're all European players. I think we're going to see a lot of South American players. Mm -hmm. Their leagues are on different calendar. Yep. They they yep. seem to be able to get free to, to come at a much quicker pace than some of the European teams. Can, can, hold on. I, I think we're going to at yeah. least the U22. I would bet the U22. If there's a U22 added, he's a, a South American player. So. Uh, let's be very clear, and I want to clear because this happens all the time. Well, we don't know if Ricky Pooja is coming back. Ricky Pooja is coming back. He's under contract. There's no way the Galaxy are letting him go. We've talked to you, and this is original reporting from this show, is that Ricky's contract with appearances and everything can top out at $3 million, right? So that is a lot of money for him. That's a lot of money for a guy who doesn't play defense, right, Kevin? Um, doesn't play defense. Doesn't play defense at all. Doesn't even think about playing defense. Look, I think we. this is going to be the maturing of the LA Galaxy fan base this year, and I'm going to help bring it along too. 
I love Ricky Poosh. I think he's great. I love the excitement. He does stuff to people in the midfield where you just watch him run around. It's like, have you ever watched those, uh, the, the car chase, the, the, the high speed pursuits and the, the suspect is going around in circles and the police are chasing him in circles. Right. And you're like, that's so stupid. Look at those guys. They're just running around in circles and blah, 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 the whole deal. And that's what Ricky Poosh does to people in the midfield. And he just makes them chase him around in circles and does those things. Um, incredible offensive mind. I think if he gets a killer instinct in terms of scoring goals, because I think he can bang in goals. I think he can bang in goals to the tune of 12 to 15 per season. I think he could add another 10 assists, 10, 12 assists. Uh, he is, he could be one of the best all time midfielders on the offensive side of things that major league soccer has ever seen, especially at his age and his maturity. If he hits that next level. And I think maybe this year could be his next level. Um, all those things sort of come in. If he doesn't start playing defense, though, Kevin, that's not going to really matter much. He just needs to be better positioning himself, and he has to understand that the work rate needs to be there as well. Um, I heard, I saw that he was out there criticizing Barcelona for not having too many homegrown players on the Barcelona team anymore. He was looking at uh, Xavi, and 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 it was just there's this whole big thing that's sort of going on with him because he was like, I was a homegrown player, and you guys got rid of me, and you're screwing up because you're not using me. It's like, well, okay, Ricky, I agree, right? But how come Ricky Puj didn't go play anywhere in Europe whenever he was he was he was such a high Barcelona prospect? How come nobody how come nobody in Europe played? Right? Like all these things. How I'm surely somebody could have paid more than the LA Galaxy, right? Whenever all of a sudden done somebody could have paid more than the LA Galaxy. Why? Well, because Ricky Puj doesn't play defense. Just watch. Everybody does the stats and you'll see the sort of stats bombs and it'll go around and you'll see. And there's like all this offensive and then defense. Nothing. There's a big hole. Nothing. He doesn't play defense. He has to play defense. I'm not asking him to make tackles, Kevin. I'm not asking him to sprint around like his head is cut off whenever he's doing something. He needs to figure out how to clog passing lanes and how to force people into positions where they can get tackled. And if he does that, Ricky Pooch will be sold for 20, 30 million dollars out of out of Major League Soccer and the LA Galaxy will get to cash in on that. Well, and here's the thing with Pooch. By the way, I was in Barcelona in, in in the winter of 2019, and that's all anybody was talking about. Ricky Pooch. He's going to be the next guy. He's great. You know, young guy, homegrown, as right. he said. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is going to be the next guy, and it just never happened. And now he's here in MLS talking about how come I didn't get a chance. He he got every opportunity. But when you talk about playing defense, okay, you know what, Cristiano Ronaldo, watch him, never plays defense. Robbie Keane didn't play defense. Landon didn't play a lot of defense. Ricky Pooch is in a different position. He's in the middle of the field. Landon played. A, a, Landon, not, Landon played a lot of defense. Don't play the Landon. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. No, he was. It was very, again. I don't ask him to tackle the ball. I just ask him to be involved in the play and to chase people in the spots. Landon was very good at that. Yeah, well, and then you have you know uh, elsewhere in the league, Chucharongo never played defense. It, he was kind of forced to but under the threat of losing playing if time. If you're a striker, if you're a striker, you know, my, my point is, if you're a striker and you're scoring goals, you don't have to do that. R- R- Cristiano Ronaldo is very open about it. It's like, look, if I'm tracking back on defense, I don't have the, the, the step in 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 my legs to score those goals. What do you want? You want goals, or you want me to tackle guys? Uh, Ricky Puj is in a different position. He's in the midfield. He's in the middle of the field. Um, he needs to at least, as you said, clog those passing lines. Uh, he doesn't have to tackle guys. He doesn't have to chase guys around. He doesn't have to win the ball back necessarily. It'd be great if he did. Right. But what right. he needs to do is he needs to be an obstacle in the in the passing lanes, and he can't do that if he's standing back in in, in you know the penalty area on the other side of the field. 
Yeah, it's and that's going to be that's where I want to see his next step. So show me Ricky Pooch, right? Show me that again. The LA Galaxy and designated player terms need at least one designated player, a senior DP will call and then a young designated player right now for rules, right? Yeah. They're going to add another U22. By the way, uh, in order to get away with having three senior DPs and only and being compliant with U22s, it would be three designated players as senior or uh, two. And then you're limited to only one U22 player. Uh, the most growth we've sort of seen in the league and something that we've seen Miami do, which is sort of the under the radar stuff, which is go after the U22 players, utilize those spots, which means you need two DPs and one young designated player in there or a tamable designated player such as Rich, Ricky Pooge was. And that's why they sort of did that. Ricky, Ricky will be a full designated player next year is what I'm expecting. Miami is very interesting. They have a lot of U22 players, but also a lot of Oh, 35 players. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say way over 35 in some of the kids. Yeah. And, and that's going to be an interesting with Luis Suarez going there. Obviously, people talking about Joseph Martinez and maybe the LA Galaxy could go after Joseph Martinez as one of those guys on the outside, right? So Joseph Martinez, goal scoring machine, has been ever since. Yeah, he, but I know injuries. He's moved, he's moved around a lot. I, know. I, I don't know that he's a good clubhouse guy. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, we thought he was going to stay because uh, Tata was there and now they're going to go out and get Luis Suarez. And so he's, Joseph's going to be out. But uh, I think there's plenty of teams in Major League Soccer who want Joseph Martinez. He's a proven track record sort of guy. He scores a lot of goals. Does the LA Galaxy locker room set up to be able to embrace somebody like Joseph Martinez, right? That's sort of the question. I will tell you one thing, and, and I seem to see this more than anything is that the LA Galaxy are very much concerned with not only who the player is, not only how much they cost, but how do they fit? And not just fit on the field, but fit in the locker room. Those are things that are all under consideration. I can't say that was always the case. Uh, after all, the Galaxy did go out and get Jermaine Jones. Um, so like, it wasn't always the case about locker room and, and a whole bunch of things. You know, uh, Jack McInerney, we talked about Jack McInerney a whole bunch whenever he had bounced around to his 14th or 15th team, right? And was coming to the LA Galaxy and we're sort of like, what's going on with that? Joseph Martinez, as far as I know, doesn't have a huge reputation of being a difficult guy. But if you bounce around enough, sometimes it's just the, the salary of somebody, though, Kevin, too, right? It's a salary is like... Some guy, some guys in MLS can only stay on an MLS team for one or two years because they keep salary, keep costing themselves out of like the next spot, and that's a that's again a product of Major League Soccer and uh, and not well, doing those things. But, so. but you're right. The, the 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 point is the Galaxy have their antenna up to this, and they will do their due diligence. And why is that? McInerney is a good reason. Right. G, I think Gio Dos Santos is another good reason uh, for all of his success on the field. I think the Galaxy. Wish that Zlatan had been a different guy in the in the dressing room with some of the younger players and and some of the older players too that yeah. he, that he continued to harp on. So I think that and you mentioned Jermaine Jones. The Galaxy have had a lot of bad dressing room guys that have come through in the last few years. Um, and I'm not necessarily putting Zlatan in there, but he wasn't warm and fuzzy with his teammates. And so I, I think when they look at that, they're going to go, okay, we're going to get 15 goals, but he's going to piss off the whole back line is that right. worth it yeah and and those are the things uh so we've talked about uh uh javier hernandez douglas costa uh, lucas caligari right michael barrios short term galaxy didn't spend a whole bunch of money didn't really give up anything it was a short-term rental to sort of see where he was at the contract's up i don't think he's coming back for uh for anything and that was an expensive contract for for barrios barrios was on about 680 um, so it's one of those where it's like, yeah, let that contract expire. Uri Rossell, I was a little surprised by Uri Rossell not coming back just because I thought he did a really good job and I don't consider him, listen, and really good in terms of he was a really good backup, second string sort of defensive midfielder kind of guy. Um, so I was surprised to not see him come back, but his option was declined. Uh, Kelvin Leardam not coming back. I think that's an age thing. 
Uh, and if you watch Kelvin Leardam sort of play at right back, you saw that the speed is sort of left Kelvin, right? He, he's not able to chase the guys down as much. People will just run around the outside of him. So um, a little bit of age, a little bit of speed sort of thing. We talked about Billy Sharp. We talked about Jonathan Klinsman. Not surprised that they got rid of Jonathan Klinsman. Whenever he wasn't on the bench anymore uh, for the for the last stretch of games, I sort of figured that that was probably the where that one was heading. Uh, Tony Alfaro, good enough for the LA Galaxy at points. Uh, not good enough for the LA Galaxy at points. Probably more a product of the fact that Mavinga is still under contract, that Caceres is under contract, that Yoshida is under contract. So they have three center backs right there, plus Neil, plus Zavaleta, right? So I have five center backs I can mention right there. Five is probably the most amount of center backs you're going to carry. Uh, so for me, it looks like the, uh, you know, Tony Alfaro was probably one of those. And then Adam Saldana was an interesting one. The only thing I'll say about Adam Saldana is we were sort of keyed off and tipped off earlier this year that he was sort of on the outs with the LA galaxy, um, that he sort of needed to figure out what he wanted to do. And maybe it was, uh, maybe it was that he wanted a new contract at this price and the LA galaxy wanted a contract at this price. Maybe it was, he didn't want to stay with the LA galaxy because he wasn't getting playing time. Remember a guy who got injured, um, and was sort of going in place. I think uh, Greg Vanny had talked to uh, Damien about it at one point, uh, publicly. And then they said, you know, it's a guy who needs minutes and he's not, maybe he's not going to get minutes here. And so you, you move on with them. So, um, that's sort of, it is where we stand now, Kevin 21 roster slots are filled. That leaves nine roster slots open. That's 30 total. Okay. Now the Galaxy carried 32 players this year because they had two on season ending injury list. So that's how you got to 32 and then down to 30. Uh, if you remember, MLS rules dictate that basically you're allowed to spend sign 28 players plus two homegrown players, which equals 30. Slots 29 and 30, if you have them, must be occupied by a homegrown player. Uh, I think it's top 20. It's either 20 or 21. I can never remember. But top 20, I believe, is what the salary cap is based on. And those are your senior roster players. Uh, now, who are the homegrown players? Uh, homegrown players right now. <clears throat> Let me see. Uh, you have Johnny Perez. You have Marcus Fercranis. And you have Jalen yeah. Neal. Those are the homegrown players. And then it would have been Adam Saldana, but he was let go. So no more Saldana as a homegrown. You know, when you talk about problems at center back, it, 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 and, and they're loaded, but but some of the guys they let go. You know, for Canis is is a guy who's probably getting to be at, at that point where he needs to take the next step up, um, where he needs to be a guy competing for some first team minutes. I mean, he's he's been around a while, he's been in the program for a while. He's not old yet, but he's you know transitioning out of his teenage years, and maybe he needs to be a guy that that again starts to compete for some minutes, whether it's in U.S. Open Cup or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, it, that one will be interesting. I mean, the Galaxy need a right back. I mean, that's a pro, that's that's a place that you're looking for. For Krannis can play over there. Uh, you need guys. But, I mean, the Galaxy are going to go out and get a right back. They very well could get a U22 right back, just like they had Caligari. Um, so look for the right back, because now there's no right back and no right back backup, right? Because no Caligari, no Leardam. So there's no right back, no right back backup. Um, Aude is back, that type of thing. The, in the most part, I think with the 21 roster spots, I'm, I'm sort of convinced that the Galaxy do have sort of a core, but whenever you realize there's two designated players, so I consider that two starters, uh, and a U22 player, so that's three starters. So the Galaxy are at least three starters away from something right now, and I think they're going to be probably... I think you're still looking for four to five starters whenever all is said and done. So there's nine spots, but maybe four or five starters. So it, it feels unsettled. It feels unfinished. I think you you mentioned the roster feels unfinished, um, and it, it is. Uh, we'll see sort of where that goes through the through the rest of the offseason. But, but I think the good thing is, if you're Will Koontz and Greg Vanny, is 
it's pretty obvious the positions that you need to fill. It's yeah. not like, oh, uh, you know, we'd really like to have this. No, you need a striker. You need a couple of wingers. You need an outside back. Yeah, got to have them. And and I also think they're going to really look to establish and, and create as much depth as they can within the salary structure, which, again, sort of points me to Kasaris and to um, to Yoshida, which is there's a lot of money being spent there. And if you just go and find a competent backup for one of those guys, um, you know, that's not a million dollars. And again, the Galaxy have five center backs. So if you got rid of one, you would have four. Uh, you don't even necessarily need to backfill that. I know people are going to say, oh, look at this year. This year is you you cannot take this year as as a uh, as as a typical. normal year. Yeah, as a typical or normal year. It's an outlier year, right? I mean, Peter Vermees had a injury season like this last year for Sporting Kansas City where I think they almost finished last. And now here he is in the playoffs uh, by, by the way, finishing eighth uh, and then beating the number one team uh, and looking like perhaps the team to beat in the West. Let's go over the, the playoffs real quick. Um, just so we could sort of show everybody what's going on. Semi-final set in the Western Conference at Seattle. Uh, the number two seed versus number three, LAFC. You have number four, Houston versus number eight, Sporting Kansas City. Watch out, Sporting Kansas City is going to come. These are single elimination games now, by the way, folks. Uh, so they're, Yeah, they're, 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 the round of the, the 14-game series is over now. That, We've moved on to that is, soccer playoffs now. That is correct. And by the way, if you go over to the East, it is one, two, three, and four made it. Uh, if you are over in the West, it's two, three, four, and eight. So the, only the number one team didn't make it to make it a clear uh, the best team or quote unquote the highest seed uh, didn't win out in those playoffs, right? So uh, two, three, four, and eight on the Western Conference side. On the Eastern Conference is Orlando hosting Columbus, and it's Philadelphia. Oh, excuse me. Uh, it yeah, it's Orlando hosting Columbus, and it's Cincinnati hosting uh, Philadelphia. I, that's Cincinnati Philadelphia game is the one I'm, I'm ready to watch. So. Um, well, I don't know, Orlando and Columbus. That, that'll be a good should be a, Yeah, if you saw Columbus and Atlanta play the 4-2 game, it was just wide open craziness for the whole game. So very good. Aaron, by the way, gave us a $5 <laughs> super chat. Uh, has says, uh, haven't been paying attention to chat. Has anyone mentioned Pavone? If not, I want to bring up Pavone <laughs> just to frustrate Josh. We will not talk about it. There's two things we will no longer talk about on this show. Uh, Christian Pavone coming back and Farai Mutatu, who is very clearly not no longer with the LA Galaxy and is not in their plans. As far as I know, there's no tie anymore to the LA Galaxy and Farai Matatu. Right? That that's a sad ending to a really sort of fun story. Um it's it's almost a devastating ending in a lot of ways. Uh but I don't believe that the LA Galaxy have ties to Matatu anymore. It's really unfortunate. By the way, mentioning those playoffs, do you know Peter Vermees has never won coach of the year? Really? Yeah. One of my favorite coaches. I mean, if you look at just who's in the in the playoffs in terms of coaches and and who I like, um, remember they were in last place in May and people were demanding he be fired. The supporters were going crazy. Dude, don't don't and sleep on Peter. Don't sleep on Peter. Yeah. That dude is is just rock solid. So Peter Vermees, uh, let's see, Peter Vermees is in there. Uh, Brian Schmetzer is in there. One of my favorites, Oscar Perea. Jim Curtin's in there. Pat Noonan's in there. I mean, there's some there's some there's some fun coaches in there. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be a I think I'm gonna be a Pat Noonan fan for for here on, from here on out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, so so go get him, Pat. Pat and uh, and I used to he used to come on this podcast all the time, Kevin. Uh, I would ask him stories about Taylor Twelman and he would tell them to me. And then whenever Taylor would come on on, I would ask him stories about Pat Noonan and they would tell me uh, like whenever they dressed up as crisscross for Halloween uh, together. So I know all those stories. They're both uh, wonderful men. I enjoy both of them. So Pat's still like number one in my books as far as it goes. So so go Pat, go go win something. 
Matt Miazga of, uh, of Cincinnati was named Defender of the Year. Yeah, is he also getting suspended for multiple games? For, uh, for- he, is, he is getting suspended for one game. He's not going to play in that game against Philadelphia. Well, that's just for the yellow card accumulation. What about going into the referee's locker room and all that fun stuff? It's, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, we're on pace for a repeat of last year's final, by the way, this time in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play it out. So anyway, that's sort of where the playoffs are uh, are good. So um, we have uh, things that are still going to come up. I mean, eventually the, the MLS Cup is actually going to play. Now, everybody has to break. We're an international break, so there's nothing going on. We will break. We will wait for the playoffs to come back. I don't expect there's going to be a lot of movement of things. Uh, people are like, oh, well, tell me about the rumors that the LA Galaxy are interested in. There aren't any, so don't ask. Um, and by the way, any rumor that's out there right now is probably crap. Just just letting you know. Most of them so far have been crap. People want real rumors, but you know, you can't get real rumors until real players sort of pop up um, in those things. And you're not going to know what those are until probably December. And here's another thing. I think that the players, again, this just judging from what I know about Will Koontz and, and the way he's talked... I would not be surprised if some of the players, even the DP players, are are guys coming out of South America, younger guys that we're going to have to Google and find a little bit right. about. We're going to play for Pinarol or someone like that. It's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I saw him in the last three World Cups. No, we're not Christian getting that. Christian that kind of player. I disagree with Christian you. Pavon. I disagree with you. The I okay. bet that one of the LA Galaxy's designated players is a big-name designated player. Yep. And I, by the way, I bet Will Koontz is, will be excited about it, too. Everybody thinks that that's impossible, right? Oh, well, Will Koontz can't go out and get... He says he says he doesn't want that. No, Will Koontz wants what's best. What's a best fit for the yeah. other galaxy. But, but, if he finds I mean, that guy in a big name, he's going to get him. But, but you know, even Pavone, when they got Pavone, the galaxy got Pavone, he was an Argentine World Cup player, but he was still a guy that we went... We had to Google... S- familiar Caligari was a guy we kind of had to right, Google right. Aude was a guy we and, and they all proved to be really good players but it wasn't like oh yeah I know every you know with Zolotan it was right. like we know everything about him right, right. Uh, I, I'm I think we may it some of the DPs may be more Caligari-esque than Zolotan right by the way uh, Alexis Sanchez is the rumor that's out there right now I have not gotten a chance to dig into that one I'm just going to tell you on the face of it I would say no um, but that's just, that's just the first cursor. If you're asking me for five stars and you know, what, what's my star rating, I would give it like implausibility. It feels like, yes, it's plausible. Does it, does it seem like the LA galaxies fit in terms of what they want? I don't know that it's there yet. So I would put it down to one or two stars. So, um, Alexa Sanchez. yeah, mm-hmm. let's start talking about James Rodriguez. Uh, you've played that game before that. I don't think that's happening. That's, that's Chicharito redo. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Hey, listen, uh, the Lewandowski is the one that's sort of out there that's been floating. Plausibility style, that's a three. Just telling you off that just in terms of plausibility. Big name, absolutely a big name scorer. His wife has said that she wants to be in Los Angeles. She's talked about it before. He's mentioned the LA Galaxy before. We can take that to a three real fast. Now, does that mean there's anything to it? No, no, <laughs> no. In order to go above three gets me into plausible range, right? Like if I get to three stores, I'm like, this is plausible because these things line up in order to get four or five. I have to talk to people and find out. Well, you know what? It's going to be really interesting. This January transfer window is going to be the first big European transfer window after Messi came over and had success and everyone found out the world did not end. The sun still rises. All those things happened. Messi had success. Um, it worked out. Everybody's happy. Guys followed him. I, I do think that it's a little bit, I think the attitude and maybe the moods changed a little bit because of Messi. He's come over. He's been able to go back and play for Argentina. Everything is great. I think some European players 
who had been thinking about MLS maybe are a little more confident they can come over. And I'm thinking about guys like Griezmann. Griezmann's talked about it for a long time. You know Griezmann. why? Because he's a huge NBA fan. Yep. And he's made no bones about the fact he wants to come here because he likes the NBA. Hey, fine, whatever gets you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, but now he feels like he can do that and not be ridiculed by his friends because hey, Messi did it and and all these other and, and Suarez is doing it. No, I mean, Griezmann would be one of those that you could easily put into the three plausibility scale pretty fast. Um, but again, depending on a whole bunch of things, it's like, you know, what would you think that uh, Griezmann would come in the winter transfer window? Probably not. He's probably a summer guy, right? He's probably not going to leave his team in the middle of the year or you're going to have to overpay if you want to want to have him in the middle of the year. Those types of things. So those are how I sort of gauge things in my mind. And then I can use uh, contacts around to sort of find out more. So I can start it at, at, you know, everything sort of goes to is this plausible? And if it's not plausible, I don't even really bother most of the time because I know it's probably not going to happen. Um, but you know, Zlatan was, uh, an implausibility at one point, And it was one of those that eventually swung into the, Oh, that's, po that's possible. Oh, it's probable. Oh, it's happening. Um, so those types of things. So we always have to watch. So, all right. Um, I think that's it. I don't want to talk about anything else. We're done. It's been an hour. We we've, so we, we've put in our community service for this, this week. We're on international break next week. International break. Yeah. I don't think we'd have, we'll have a podcast. I don't expect if the LA galaxy have something that happens over the next week, we can do a podcast. I doubt that that's going to happen, but they always surprise me. You never know. You know, they could have something fun. Uh, so there it is. A challenge for the galaxy. If you guys want to hear a podcast next week, Kevin Acevedo, who's out there. Yeah. You if you want to hear a podcast next week, you got to sign a big name player by uh, Monday. Or at least come up with a good rumor that's like, oh, this is actually happening. Um, I know the blue, white, and gold pop-up was up at Common Space Brewing. I think everybody had a good time with that. Um, so I, hopefully you went out there and you supported fellow galaxy fans and creators and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, that's always such a great event. Um, I just I, I didn't get a chance to go out there this week, and I apologize for that. I'll try to make the next one because um, I always like to see people and say hi and buy some cool galaxies. There's stuff you can get that you can't get anywhere else. I still have some of it in this office. Like it's just so cool. I, I just love the whole creator space and the whole maker and the whole small business revolving around, uh, you know, a team that you love and all that stuff is just so cool. By the way, speaking of news that you broke, you also broke the or helped break the the um, Coachella Valley. Oh, uh, 10 teams oh. and schedule and it's coming yeah, back. And I had that. So, mm -hmm. what, we should, we should try to do a live pod from out there. I mean, I'm going to go with fans coming by during the preseason and stuff. I'm going to go. The problem is I can usually go on the weekends. So it's not like I can get out there during the, during the weekdays. And so it would sort of be like, maybe we could do it for, maybe we could do a live podcast and do the stuff and then have players stop by afterward. Like we'd have to figure out how to time it. Hey, Kevin Acevedo. Why don't you figure out how to get how for us to do a live podcast from down there and we'll come down and do it. But we want to have make sure that there are fans there and players. So how do we make that happen? I'll let yeah, you get off your out. bike and get to work on this. <laughs> I like how we're Maybe, gonna, you know, like, we just make Kevin work for us hotel. now. Yeah, exactly. The lobby of the team hotel, that'd be great. Over at the Super 8 they stay at. <laughs> we just set up there by the by the. By the ice cream bar. Oh, it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, I want to do that. There's also the uh, the coaches convention that's coming to the to Anaheim. Uh, as of right now, Corner of the Galaxy will be on podcast row for that. Uh, so we will let you know. We'll have more information about that. Uh, that's coming up in January. Um, and so we'll talk to you about the, uh, the, the whole deal. And I imagine that we'll have and record content from there and put that out. And so it, it'll be fun and new and exciting. And the fact that it's in Anaheim is the only reason I'm going because I wouldn't fly across the country for it. But I will gladly drive uh, the 25 minutes up to the Anaheim Convention Center to do that. And, and what's across the street from the convention center? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, no, not medieval times. That's more in Buena Park. I was trying to think of something it's else Disneyland. that was. No, I was trying to think of something else that was there that was like across the street that I could say that would be as exciting um, to to the listeners as Disneyland. So yeah, maybe we should just do a live podcast from inside Disneyland. Well, I was going to try to get you to say any Galaxy fans that come out to see us at the convention will will be will get complimentary entrance into Disneyland courtesy of Corner of the Galaxy. No, no, we're going to get, they're going to give us complimentary entrance into oh, okay. Disneyland. That's why our listeners buy tickets for us. We don't do that it the other way. Yeah, that, see, that. now you're in. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, the United, me. the United Soccer Coaches Convention, uh, Mr. Provino, all over on top of it. So we will have uh, all that information coming up. So um, just stay tuned. That's sort of what's going on. I'd still like to do a live show at some point in the off season where we can go. I would love to do like a bar in the evening or a place where we can have some food and sit down and just have like one of those good conversations about the LA galaxy, you know, like we'll get somebody to come from the LA galaxy and have a talk with us. We'll interview them while you're eating dinner, like sort of dinner and a show type thing. Kevin will do yeah. tap dancing and maybe some magic. He'll do stand up comedy. Uh, he'll just steal all of uh, Gary Goldman's uh, stuff. That'll be your, your entire act. I can see that coming already. So, um, yeah, so that's where we're sort you, of at. You, you, that's a good place to find me at, in the evenings is at a bar. Okay, good. That's good. Uh, not at your house where there's zero bars in terms of connectivity, but in other places. Yes. Yeah. Thank other you. Other kinds of bars. We're talking about other kinds of bars. Hit me. All right. Uh, I think that's enough for us for tonight. If you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Nobody, nobody is. Uh, at KBaxter11 on Twitter. Uh, head on over to LATimes.com for all of Kevin's articles. Uh, go check that out, obviously. NWSL stuff just finished up, but he'll have lots of stuff, including LA Galaxy and MLS stuff coming up, I'm sure of. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on threads, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Still doing some remodeling in the offseason there, but we'll have eventually have that back up and going. Uh, and then uh, anywhere you can find your podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that fun stuff. That's where you can find us, Corner of the Galaxy. All right. Thank you so much for joining us in this little off-season report. The LA Galaxy doing their roster construction. We'll follow it all the way up until the first kick in 2024. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.